that's an exciting thing, you know. We just, um, why don't we just want, right, right now, I know this is a little bit challenging, but just turn to someone and say, do you know that God loves you? You know, it's, a, it's you know, one of those things that we need to get good at saying, you know, that, you know, do you know that God loves you? Has that become real to you? It's so important. So important to get to get a hold of that. And you know, the, we might say it a few times to another Christian brother or a Christian sister in church, and that might feel right coming out because you know they are, but get good at saying it outside the church as well, church. Get good at saying it outside the four walls. Do you know that God loves you? And start a conversation. Um... Going back uh, some time ago, I think at the time I was the, the Bible college principal and uh, I'd gone out during the lunch break to, uh, to uh, get some new tyres fitted to my car. And so there I was in the waiting room and, um, and just, uh, you know, really basically minding my own business with all the other people that are getting their car sorted out. And anyway, I saw this one guy come in and he's just sort of sat down and he's sort of sitting with all the other. And he turns to the person next to him and starts saying, so what are you doing? You're getting some new tyres sorted, are you? And he, yeah, yeah. You know, he's a very down-to-earth, very talkative guy. And next thing you know, he's talking to Jesus. He's talking, talking about Jesus to this guy. And I'm sitting there on the other side going, well, this is good. <laughs> I'm sitting in a box seat watching this guy witness to the other guy. But it was just a very simple testimony. He had to say, oh, I went to this meeting last week. This guy got up and he was healed. You know, he got, someone laid hands on him. He got, you know, he got healed. Boy, you should come to church sometime, you know. And the next thing you know, that person gets up and walks out to get, you know, they're being served. And then he starts on the person right next to him. You know, he's on the other side, he starts telling them about Jesus. And, uh, and I'm sitting there and I'm going, well, of course, I'm the Bible college principal. But I'm taking notes on this guy's style and his technique. It was just unashamed to tell people about the testimony of Jesus. Can I get an amen this morning? You know, we just got to get more talkative. You know, and this guy worked on three people before I even had a chance to go up and say, I'm impressed. Good on you. God, he had worked, he had actually witnessed to three people in about the space of about 10 minutes. And I was just amazed. And I went back, I'm going to go back and tell those Bible college students, this is how you do it. I watched the guy do it. You can do it, you know. So, um, you know, uh, actually, strange, strangely enough, I were in buying some furniture in a shop uh, in Perth, and it was right next to that, um, uh, that tie shop. This is just a couple of weeks back, right next to that tie shop. And... It was really quite funny because I, I remembered it as we were sort of waiting for them to open and of course they opened and we went in and we wanted to get in nice and early and so, but I remember that tie shop and I remember that guy in that tie shop and it, it just rose in me and I said, oh, I'm going to witness to someone today. I'm going to tell someone about Jesus today, you know, and, and uh, so sure enough, we went in and the salesperson was prime, you know, and I mean, they were, in, they were in the crosshairs, you know, the salesperson and sure enough, ended up witnessing to the lady that served us in the, in the furniture shop and... Um, and of course, it was just a blessing because I was able to say, look, you know, come to church this Sunday. Come to church, you know, you'll be really blessed. And of course, I went along hoping that she'd be there, but of course she wasn't. But, um, you know, we pray for people as well. That's what the 3x3 three three Connects are all about. So we witness to people and we pray for people. We pray that the Lord would just water that seed that we sow. 
And that's how you do it. And God does the rest. And, um, and we want to be a, a people that are working with God and not just for him. Can I get an amen this morning? Amen. Well, uh, again this morning, uh, just into a bit of a message uh, that I believe is important for us, very much in sync. Uh, uh, Sol and Pastor Jun there with the, uh, the song selection. But you know, how many of you know that the great challenge of the New Testament church is to be a people that experience his manifest presence? You know, you can put a lot of energy into maintaining all your religious doctrines and, uh, you know, uh, your religious duties and, and practices and be found doing it all without any participation from God. That's a sad thing. And uh, go out among the denominations, go out into churchianity, if you like to call it that, in Australia, and you'll find some people on pews going through the motions of what they believe is how to outwork their Christianity. But there's no presence. And that's the thing that you'll sense. If you've come accustomed to knowing what the presence of God is like, how that feels, what that sense is of the presence of God. And we know here because we get known, called the Tissue Church. I was looking for some tissues earlier on, actually. Couldn't find any. But we're known as the Tissue Church because we need them. Because so often people walk through the door and they're so touched by the presence of God that they can't help but shed a tear. Can't help but sense that God's in the house. Can't help but... but in some cases be a little bit confused as to why they're all of a sudden being emotional. I've talked to too many of them myself and said, oh, you, okay, yeah, yeah, I, I don't know what it is. I, I just feel... <laughs> you know, and it's just tears because they're coming into the presence of God and they, they've not known it. What I want to talk to you about is how do we maintain that? How do we keep that going? Because I don't know about you, I don't want to be found doing anything without the Lord being involved. You know. I want to be a part of the church where God shows up. Can I get an amen this morning? Where God's presence is in manifestation. And when it is, we have his power. We have all of its benefits. Especially in that environment, we have the Lord commanding blessing. Okay? And if you're not quite up with any of that, just know that you'd like to be in a place where the Lord's commanding blessing. The supernatural and the miraculous. It's the common experience. And I say, in, let's have more in 2024. All right? So we're going to go after it. Moses is having a conversation with the Lord in Exodus chapter 33 and verse 14. And you know where his heart is? He's committed. And he said in verse 14, uh, My presence will go with you and I will give you rest. This is the Lord talking to Moses. My presence will go with you and I'll give you rest. Verse 15, Then he said to him, If your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. Moses is all out, you know, sold out on what he wants. If he's going anywhere, he wants to do it with the presence of God. He wants to follow through and pursue that. Wow. You know, my argument is that it's not hard to achieve God's manifest, tangible presence. We only need to be a people devoted to his word and his spirit. And have the right balance in both. Because you can get overbalanced in one area and forsake the other. His word and his spirit. A good balance between the two. First steps to maintain his manifest presence has everything to do with his first commandment. And, um, you know, which is love the Lord your God. Love the Lord your God, which is your, you know, and, and the second, second greatest commandment is what? Love your neighbor as yourself. And if we can get those two commandments right, we're all on track toward 
maintaining his manifest presence. You know, sometimes you talk about the manifest presence of God, you say, but, but God's everywhere. Who's heard that one before? But his manifest presence is where it's tangible. Wherever it be, whether it be someone uh, crying, whether they walk through the door, or someone being knocked over by the power of God in the altar call, or giving their heart to Jesus and feeling like God just came into their life. That's the manifest presence of God. It's tangible. It's not just a theory. It's something that actually occurs. You know, I like this verse in Matthew, and we're going to get to it, where Jesus is asked, what is the great commandment? Because it goes into all of our human dimensions. Where, you know, we are to love the Lord, our God, from our heart, meaning from our spirit. And, of course, it becomes that heartfelt love. And our soul, as well, gets involved. But the dimensions are, I am a spirit, I live in a body, and I have a soul. You know, and our spirit is that eternal part of us, that part that lives on after our body dies. Our soul is where we uh, have our will, our intellect, and emotions. That's our soul, okay? And of course, we're to love the Lord our God from our heart, our spirit, and also from our soul. That's with all the intention, our will, our intellect, and even our emotions. And uh, I believe the church, uh, I've seen the church come a long way. I remember if you showed any kind of emotion uh, back in the, probably the late 80s, they just about bring the security out to actually put you outside the, you know, the church. I remember actually seeing it happen one time because someone was just getting emotionally caught up in their worship and that security came down and took them out. <laughs> We've come a long way, you know, that it's okay to show some emotion. It's okay to tear, uh, tear up when you're, when you're worshipping the Lord and, uh, and, and praise him with snot in your nose, you know, because you can't help it. Matthew chapter uh, 22, 35 uh, to 40 uh, says one of them, an expert in the law, tested him with a question. Teacher, which commandment is the greatest in the law? And Jesus declared, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. You see, we want to get to the second commandment, but let's first make sure that we comprehend from Scripture how it is that we can express our love for God. We love him, the Bible says, because he first loved us. And that's my word to those that are here that are just not too sure about God's love, you know, whether God really loves whether you're worthy of his love. You are worthy of his love and you have received his love. He has loved you in Christ Jesus. You just need to accept that. That's how he loved us. When we get on to how do we express our love for God, we find that it's actually through serving others that we express our love for God. So it's, it's a little bit different. It's not the selfish kind of love that this world has. It's the love that's about others. And we love him because he first loved us. What we should see is that it's achieved through keeping God's word. Here, here, and I want us to really see this. Here is Jesus in John 14 telling us this truth. And uh, John 14 uh, verse 19 it says, A little while longer and the, uh, and the world will see me no more. But you will see me. Because I live, you will, also, you will live also. And, that, and in that day you will know that I am in the Father and you in me. And he who has my commandments and keeps them 
It is he who loves me. Wow. And he who loves me will be loved by my father and I will love him and manifest myself to him. You need to see how the manifest presence of God is directly related to keeping the, this New Testament commandment. Judas, not the 30 pieces of uh, silver Judas, but one of the 12 disciples and Jesus' half-brother, asks a question over in John 14 and verse 22. Uh, verse 24, he says, Judas, that's not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Oh, good question, Judas. Great question, really, from Judas. How will we know your manifest presence and, and not those in the world, and the, those in the world not know it? Well, of course, Scripture is answering here in John 14, verse 23 to 24. Jesus answered him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. And my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Where to have the manifest presence of God, whether we come to church or not. That's the core. I believe coming to church and hearing about how to receive it, you know, but, you know, receiving teaching helps us. So that's why I say don't forsake the gathering of, the, you know, of yourselves together. Certainly you can press in and find the presence of, your, uh, of the Lord and most likely if he speaks to you, probably say go to church. <laughs> He'll probably say go to church and get around and stir someone up to love and good works. Probably encourage you to get into the local church fellowship. He who, and look what it says in verse 24. He who does not love me does not keep my words. And the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. If we're going to love God, we're going to have to keep his word. Let this light, you know, this light bulb moment be with you today, church. Take a moment to reflect on your current relationship and priority that you give to the word of God in your daily life. For some, it may well be a season to blow some dust off the book. All right? To turn YouTube off. To watch out for all the distractions. Better be careful. I've been reading a book about eliminating hurry. Okay? It took me a little bit of time to find the time to actually read it. But... <laughs> more to do with actually being, you know, it's like the guy that, that bought a book on time management couldn't find the time to read it. So, <laughs> you know, we, 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 we've got to be about um, uh, working out what are the things that are distracting our lives. I think it was Peter Nichols that was here uh, back in um, uh, August when he said that uh, the average person picks up their phone, two th uh, I think it was 2,000 times a day, you know. And a lot of those pickups have got nothing to do with needing to. It just starts becoming a distraction in our lives. You know, unless you've got a Bible app on your phone, what you probably should do is turn your phone off and put it on mute and put it in your bag or in your, you know, put it in your back pocket and forget about it while you're in church. Just so you can get what God wants to bring into your life. You know, the word of God needs to be the thing that we keep ourselves in. Jude goes on to write in his epistle whilst talking about prayer, praying in the Holy Spirit. He says, keep yourselves in the love of God. You know, that's that, that revelation that you have that God loves you. Keep yourself there. Keep yourselves in the love of God. Why would Jude say that if we didn't have to do it? 
That's our task. That's our job. You know, the Apostle Paul prays for the church at Ephesus and we should notice that his prayer is about us being strengthened through a deep spiritual connection with God. God's spirit fellowshipping with our spirit. That's the depth of what we're called to. You know, is where God's spirit is fellowshipping with our spirit. And we're waking up in the morning or through the day and getting revelation knowledge from God because of the connection. Because there's a, you know, a conduit from heaven speaking into your life, showing you things. Uh, look, I, look, I'm just completely given over to living that way. And I encourage you to do the same. The Lord wants us knowing those varying dimensions of his love so that we would be rooted and grounded in it. That we should see that the way into being filled with the fullness of God is clearly through our comprehension of the width, the length, the depth and the height of God's love. Being filled with the fullness of God is how we get to be used by the Lord in impacting the lives of others. You know, carrying his presence. Ephesians chapter 4. Uh, three might as well read the, 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 the prayer that he prayed, the Apostle Paul, to the Ephesians church. For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth, we're family, amen, family in heaven and earth is named, that we, he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and the length and the depth and the height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. How God loved us is through sending his word. How we love God is through keeping his word. Amen. Amen. The Apostle John writes in his first epistle, uh, 1 John 4.19, I think it's there, we love him because he first loved us. That's the start point. We have to receive that love. But he first loved us. He didn't start loving us because we decided that we we're going to reach up to God and start loving him. He loved us first in Christ Jesus. You know the scripture, I often say it, before the foundation of the earth, the lamb was slain. There's the love of God being extended before the creation even occurred. Wow. That'll just boggle your mind the minute you start thinking about it. But he loved us in Christ Jesus before the foundation of the earth. That's just, you know, something to start. And say, oh, so he did love me. For, yes, he loved us in Christ Jesus. Great truth to tuck in your heart and start to think about how much God loves you. He loved you in Christ Jesus. You know, we make the mistake of thinking that God didn't love us or he didn't love the world until we come to him and accept him and receive, you know, his love and forgiveness. That thinking uh, for a Christian becomes a religious hardness, a them and us perspective, because there are those that God doesn't love because they haven't yet been saved, they haven't come into relationship, but yet he loved them as well. A great truth to get a hold of. It changes your perspective when you see people outside uh, the four walls of the church and outside of a, you know, a connection to a local church. And of course, the, the part that I love, Romans 5 verse 8, uh, God demonstrates his love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. 
there's that love again being extended. And of course, you know, our catchphrase here is that he loved us all where we were. You know, I hadn't started to pretty up my life before I became a Christian. He loved me where I was when I was a sinner. I came with all my sin, with all my habits, with all my bad attitudes. I came with all of those. And he loved me where I was and showed me new life and brought that new life into, into, into me. You know, and of course he loved us all by sending his word. Now I think it's fascinating that the Gospel of John, which is also written by the Apostle John, John comes to be known as the Apostle of Love. John knew that God loved us by sending us his word. Amen. Psalm 107 verse 20 says, He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. I was delivered from my destructions. I was on the road to destruction. I had all kinds of things that were dangerous going on around me and people who just didn't care. And they were my friends, you know, dangerous things. And in starting his gospel, in the very first verse, John doesn't start talking about God's love, but starts talking about how God sent his word. John chapter 1 and verse 1, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And he was in the beginning with God. And just in case the penny hasn't dropped yet, understand, we go down a little bit further, I think it's down in verse 14, there we are, 14. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. The glory is only the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And the saddest sight is Christians who barely have a connection to the word of God. Church, let's not forget our first love. It's connected to the great commandment. Let's ensure we love the Lord our God by keeping his word before us. Let's ensure we love the Lord our God by, by you know, being a people that are hungry for his word. Not just an intellectual approach, not just a stimulating uh, our intellects with historical facts and truths, but a revelatory approach. Where it's so life-giving, the very word, you know, one word from God can change your life forever. Amen. Seeking God for his insight, wisdom, and, and more, most importantly, his now words. Well, you get a now word from God that's for you today. I, I was in church last Sunday and I got a now word, just, just for me, right where I was, what I needed to hear. And it just blessed me. Just, you know, again, set me, keep, keeps me on that, you know, that, 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 that path of righteousness. Just a now word from heaven. Present truth for our lives and our families that we might be doers of his word and not just hearers. Amen? We're called to that. So why don't we all stand to our feet this morning? I'm, I think I'm right on time here this morning, which is nice. I heard others have been going over time. I've, I still haven't talked to them about it yet. Jen, just no consideration for what time it is and just preaching on all afternoon. I've heard about it. Don't worry. I'll talk to them. Don't worry. <laughs> but God bless you all. And, and sitting under the word is so important. And to hear what God is saying to you at this time and in this season, you know, uh, is so critical uh, for the wanting more in 2024. You know, more. You know, you, 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 you still might be a, new, a fairly new believer, but you should be getting stuck into the word because the Bible says, desire the sincere milk of the word that you might grow thereby. It's all growth. We're still growing. 
And every word from heaven is like God's little love capsule into your life to bring you on to your further growth. And I believe we should be excited about that. Amen. And you know, we can sing of His love forever. Amen. What a great song to finish on today. And just as we do close, I want to make that invitation. We do have some uh, biscuits and some sweets there and some coffee just before everybody rushes off. But I just want to make that invitation to you today. You know, if you're you're, um, here today and maybe you're visiting or, uh, you know, in Broome for a little while, but, 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 you know, God wants to reach you where you are too. His love is extended to you today, right where you are. No matter what you've done, no matter what your life has been, his, his love has extended to you today to, 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 to show you that he loves you right where you are. And, uh, and it's up to you to receive that. It's up to you to do something about it. I'm going to hang around the altar here a little bit after the service, just as we, in a few moments, after we sing this song. But if you'd like to come on down there, there's an opportunity for you to receive Jesus as your Lord and Saviour, to receive that love that he extended to you at the cross to receive that love that, that, that was established and set in motion when Jesus uh, uh, was going to be the lamb slain before the foundation of the earth. It's right there for people. And church, we ought to be talking about it. We ought to be unashamedly out there talking to others about this same love and uh, reaching out to the lost. Because unless we do speak to them, they are lost. They have to come to that place of a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. We need to reach them. Amen. You know, I'm very pastoral, but I tell you what, I get very evangelical as I start talking about this. I almost feel like an evangelist. You know, really love to see people coming to Jesus. And uh, I know that it's all about souls. And we should all be convinced and, and of the same mind. It's all about souls. So, Father, we thank you for today, Lord God. We thank you that we are a people who have received your love. We are a people, Lord God, that have um, uh, been recipients of the great love that you loved us in Christ Jesus. You demonstrated your love toward us while we were while we were still sinners, Lord God, Christ died for us. Lord, we thank you that that's true today. And today is the day of salvation for those that have not had it. Lord God, every day is a day in which they can come and receive that great love. And Lord, we do, we thank you. That simple prayer, that believing in the heart, confessing with the mouth the Lord Jesus, believing that, that, that God raised Jesus from the dead, Lord, we know that in that process, Lord God, you, you, you uh, bring newness into our life, Lord God. A new birth, Lord God, where we're born again. Lord, we thank you today, Lord, that those that need to pray that prayer, Father, would be touched in their hearts even right now, Lord, by, by your presence, by your spirit. And Lord, uh, feel to do something about that condition. So, Father, we do, right now, in Jesus' name, just commit this church to you, Lord God, that we be a people where love is felt and known experienced by others and Lord in Jesus name we give you thanks and everybody said Amen Amen